All right, hey everybody out there. This is Jeff for Hooniverse.com. We're another special SEMA episode of the Hooniverse podcast, and I'm joined as always by my faithful co-host Blake Zerong. How are you, How are you Blake? Hello, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> How's it going? Uh, our special guest this time around is Mr. Cameron Evans of Redline Oil. Thank you so much for joining us, Cameron. No, I'm glad you found time to come by. I'm glad you could get through the aisles to get to our booth. We pushed, cool. we kicked all the Source Interlink stuff over and made our way over here. I used to work for those guys, so <laughs> I you should have just told them where I, I, you I were too, going. So, so that works. That makes sense. We're both veterans. Uh, Traumatized so, uh, veterans. How, how's the show going for you guys so far? It's pretty good. It's interesting that. It's busy, yeah, but it's a little more qualified than usual. There's a oh, lot of tire kickers at a show like this. There's a lot of people. I mean, obviously, you want to come to the most exciting car show in the world. Right. That's what this is. But it's also a place where we're all trying to get business done, and a lot of the traffic that's been through our booth, they want to sell Redline. So yeah. that's that's what we're here for. That's and good. we've also had a lot. What's interesting, too, is we have people like BMW Club and Porsche Club and a lot of these people that... We're outside of the tuner universe that understood Redline already. They're all starting to understand that maybe the stock fluids that they've got don't work. So yeah. it's been an interesting crowd that comes by. We still have all of our most uh, faithful customers, but it's also been uh, an incredible mix. It's cool. Now, you guys started in 1979, right? Yes. And then you've been cranking away ever since. Uh, what What do you think sets you guys apart from the rest? I mean, there's tons of oil companies out there. Oh, there's a couple of things. It's a big deal. And you, if you do a little bit of research on how these products are made or what's offered, what's really in these products, nobody does a an ester gear oil, motor oil, only top-of-the-line product in as many variations as we do. Some people try to do a gear oil that they say is GL4 and GL5. Well, that's impossible. It's either slippery or it's not. It's either protecting... You know, uh, ring and pinion, or it's not. For us, we're willing to do all those part numbers in between okay. so that you can put exactly the correct product in your car. There's no compromise, and you're buying a top of the line product for a surprisingly low price. How? That's how, how we're so much different than anybody else. How would someone who doesn't necessarily know what they need come to you and, and help you help them steer them? You know, what's interesting is on our website, uh, redlineoil.com has an application guide. That at first look, people are like, oh, well, that's what OE fits. Right. That, I, I need this, I need that. They actually need to follow that OE fitment. When you're making a higher quality motor oil, you don't always need to go up another viscosity. There is far too much 50 weight being sold in this, comp- in this country and in Europe for cars that need 40 weights and 30 weights. So when they come to our website, they put in their Euromake model and it spits out exactly the correct gear oil for the gearbox that they have and they witness it because they see the code right alongside so it's uh, we're able to steer them to the right product right away and that's that also um, doesn't necessarily have to matter with weather right like if it's summer or winter you use a different oil viscosity you know what's interesting is those motor oil choices that even though we have weather blends you know you've got everything from a 040 to a 540 to a 1040 to even a 1540 that you'd be surprised how often even the 530 quart or is now that we're seeing with like BRZ when you're seeing 020s, they still work in all this weather. So, yeah, there's a little bit of choice that you have to make there, but not in gear oil. And it's very rare for most of your tuner customers that they're going to have to be choosing on weather. Now, you guys uh, also uh, are involved in the motorsports world. Oh, yeah. Um, what what types of motorsports are you guys competing in? Well, you know, it's, it's funny that 
racing has a little less to do with purchase than it ever has. Okay. So even though we all like our own forms of motorsport, yep. we're, we have found that the typical customers and tuner guys, they're in their forms, they're in their niche. That is what influences what they do. Okay. That even though they may see a rally car, they may see a drift car that's right. got a brand on it, that the enthusiasts are so much more educated about what to put in their cars that the motorsport doesn't influence it as much. Now, that doesn't make us any less passionate. Sure. That road racing has always been, it's where we started Redline. Drag racing is something where, because it's such an extreme environment sure. in terms of wear and engine temp, that's why all the top fuel teams are, even the ones that don't run our decal, a lot of them are buying our product. <laughs> so that's kind of fun. But you'll find things like SECA World Challenge, you'll find Grand M, and the American Series that we participate with teams like Real Time, teams like Bimmer World. We've even got those guys now involved in Chump Car, oh, building Lobot cars. They're having more fun than they've ever had. It yeah. really kind of has rejuvenated their... Uh, they, they got another reason why they go racing. That's awesome. They remember how much fun it is. And you you deal in Chump Car yourself, too? Yeah. we've. Uh, I probably drove more Chump Car hours this year than any other driver in the series, which is crazy. Really? And we <laughs> and we worked a lot this year. So I was, wasn't was afraid on a late on a Friday night to get on a red eye and fly in and then go run a 24-hour, and a second the race was over, fly all the way back to California to be back at work the next day. Are they doing a true 24? Oh, yeah. They do? Okay. And we did a 36 this year, too. Wow. In Spokane. That's crazy. That was crazy. I don't recommend it to anybody. Yeah. It Can't pretty imagine. much sucked. It was. It was. I've never been so sick. Because you finish your twenty four hours and you're just like, well, we should be done. Wait, how much longer do we have to go? That's insane. It was brutal, and we. I did it in two cars, which made it worse. Oh man. Right. So I, it was the stupidest thing. But I'll tell you a funny story: <laughs> is that my wife went up there with me, and I'm like, oh, it's a thirty six hour. Well, she's been to the Le Mans twenty four hour with us, and she's done other twenty four hour races with us. She didn't really stop to think how hard thirty six was, right. and why she hadn't heard of other thirty six hour races. Right. So we got done with the race. We finished. And John Condren, who owns Jump Car, is congratulating everyone, said it's only a technicality that this isn't the longest race in the world. Because there was some race at Spa or the Nürburgring with, right. that used consecutive cars. He goes, but trust me, you just ran the longest road race in history. And she was mad. She's like, you didn't tell me that this was so long. Like, <laughs> that's dangerous. Like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> And then she had to drive us all the way back from Spokane back to San Francisco. I slept the entire way back. Was it was it, fantastic. Don't, don't they still claim 25 Hours of Thunderhill was one of the longest in the country? Do they still claim? I, they, they don't I, they, I don't think they're going to claim anymore because right. I just did 36 at Spokane, and I can tell That's you insane. that it was yeah, What kind was of car crazy. was it? it was, it's a cool 280Z, you know, mid-70s oh, 280Z. Nice. So it made a ton of torque, and it ran about 150, 155 at the end of the straightaway. Really? Um, but I, the, the Spokane Jeez. circuit's fun, but it's dangerous and it's tough at night. So uh, next year they're going to move. I think they're going to move this 36-hour race around a few times. Oh, they're still going to do it. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Oh, so man. it's like I wouldn't say it's a premier event for Jump Car, but it's certainly one that everybody heard about. So it's fun. That's wild. That's definitely something I'd love to cover. That just like get embedded, like get embedded with a race team and just see how like it just breaks people down for thirty six hours. Go you don't Hunter cover it, you do it. Yeah, that's the whole that's point is racing in the that's car. That's what I'm talking about right there. So yeah, that's what's been fun is that through the whole reason we got going in this, it all started at the show two years ago. James Clay, the owner of Bimmer World, he and I sat down and they were making some changes. They got out of Grand MGS, but if you've seen the M3 that we ran at the twenty 
25 hour last year. Okay. The production V8, we call it. It's a partnership deal that we've done with Bimmerworld. We, we were talking about Jump Car and how to get it done. <laughs> And the key was they've got a ton of mechanics. We have a ton of customers that right. don't get a chance to race. We got journalists that we're friends with that we want to have come out with us. You can't put them in that M3. It's too expensive. It's too risky. It's hard to stick a journalist or a, absolutely or one of your absolutely. mechanics. It's just too. It's too expensive. I mean, I always I always give Blake a lot of crap on this podcast because he's a, he's a v, v school graduate. It's kind of a running joke that I just ruined right there. Like that he can drive <laughs> you, anything. You but most journal, most it. journalists are terrible drivers. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's there's that. It's a little bit. Uh, you know, with our PR guys, they're like, "Hey, we got this guy that we're going to plug in," and I'm like, "Oh, well, crap. the driver lineup's all full, and right. uh, I can't get him a plane ticket." But we're going to do more of that. This next year so you guys will have to come and do that with yeah, us of course you're the one telling me I should be doing this well the car so I <laughs> guess I'm on the hook fine. now I'm on the hook now but the key is it's relatively inexpensive it's a way so instead of just having guys go you know do DEs do track right. days they actually get to go race yeah. and what's fun about the way we do it is like with real time accurate one of the most famous teams in America yep. we bought a Civic for 75 bucks we got all the safety <laughs> stuff from the shop it's totally rusty it's an awesome car go on our website and look at it it's okay. pretty funny and those guys absolutely love it and you maybe know, they'd like to buy my Civic you sell it to them for 75 I have an, bucks I have a 2000 SI that they'd probably lick their chops over so now there's all these new values. The new It's a big thing if you look around online or people that know about Chump. The new values of the cars just came out. So the E36 BMW we run with Bimmer World just took a huge penalty, four laps in a seven-hour race. So okay. it used to be worth, quote, unquote, $500. It might as well be 500 points. Right. Now it's worth 540 Well, at 10 bucks a lap, now we have to we we go a lot quicker than some of these guys. Sure. So we have an instant penalty. The field is going to be a lot more equal. So there's going to be a huge deal for Hondas. There's going to be a lot of RX-7s that were getting wow. outrun by the faster BMWs. They're now going to have a chance. So I think you're going to see a lot of kids finally showing up, getting cages in these cars, and learning how to race and not being embarrassed because they don't because they've never right, done it. Right. It's, very, it's very back to basics too. So it's yeah. you know, it's kind of different because I had I had, um, I had a roommate that actually won one of the chump cars, I think out in Chagwala a while ago with a with a Miata. And you know, he did twenty five hours with Thunderhill too, but he had a, a lot more fun at uh Chikwala doing jump cars as well. So. Well it's interesting, like Peter Cunningham and James Clay and all these pro drivers, right. they're it's funny, they're like racing on a Saturday in a Grand Am race and flying overnight to get to our chump car race because awesome. they have so much fun doing it. <laughs> the biggest, awesome. We like lemons and we know a lot of guys I'm a big lemons fan, there. yeah. I've done lemons too, But yeah. for us... I like, the, I like the silly BS pageantry of it. For Redline Oil, we're not about the pageantry. Right, we're exactly. About you want to go race, racing. We want to race a little more serious and right. we want to take cars that normally wouldn't have a chance and work on them over five or six right. races and make them go quicker. And I like that we live in a world where both forms of racing can exist. Yeah. Like, you can have your lemons racers and your jump car racers. And people will do both. Yeah. What was funny is that I, I was in a wedding the other day with Tommy Kendall, right? The yeah. famous yep. race driver. Yeah. And I'm talking to him about our chump car. And he does he's done three lemons races. And he really? was saying, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's all about it. But he was excited about chump because I know the lemons thing has its place. Right. On that kind of art costume. Well, yeah. I was never a big fan of Halloween. I don't wear costumes. So, <laughs> so the chump car fits some of us. So there's race drivers like that that are like, well, if they're going to do it, they want to get in a fast car, and we've built some pretty right. fast cars. Right. Are there? I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. I was going to ask her. Um, I didn't mean to cut you off, but are there classes in Trump Car for you know your amateurs who don't necessarily want to go against Tommy Kendall? That's the se- <laughs> no, that's the whole point of it. Don't you want to race Tommy? I Kendall? I want to race Tommy. Yeah. yeah. So what's cool is even though they that's have an, an EC class for cars that don't really classify under these quote unquote $500 mm-hmm. rules. 
but the rest of them, that's the secret to it. I think a lot of people have been alienated by traditional road racing because there's so many cars. I don't want to go to an ACCA race where I've got three run groups in one in or three classes in one run group. There's two or three cars per group. That's lame. Yeah. I want to go to Daytona and do a 14-hour where 95 cars take the green. Right, right. And see what goes on. It's a big enough track that it can soak it up. The problem with Lemons now is they have so many entries yeah. that they've got smaller tracks with 150 guys on the racetrack. My first That's Lemons not race, cool. Yeah. My That's first, not fun. My first Lemons race was a, uh, a NASCAR oval, a half NASCAR oval in an infield, 0.8 miles, 80 cars started. <laughs> yes. Well, see, the, the yeah. good thing about the 150 Lemons cars, though, is half of them aren't going to make it to start. <laughs> yeah, that, that is true. That is true. And but that's I got to I got to I've, I've had this conversation with a few people. Uh, like one of my friends, Matt Farah, I was on his podcast for the Smoking Tire, and he he really likes Chump Car. And I was saying how I much I love Lemons, and it's good to hear more perspective about Chump Car as well. Because I'd really like to see. I've done probably four Lemons races. I really want to get the Chump Car experience now too. Yeah, I think you'll find it's pretty hardcore. Well, what's fun this year is that they've opened up to a lot of cars and given a lot of cars a chance. The V8 cars. Which I know a lot of guys in the tuner world, they it's not their deal, but it's neat to see those cars get less of a penalty. They gotta stop for fuel, they're thirsty. That's true. So the thing is gonna equal out a little bit more. Right. We don't mind taking the penalty on these BMWs because we've I mean gone so you, fast with yeah. these cars that yeah, it needs to be adjusted a little bit. But it's going to be fun to see how many different cars make it. We're going to great tracks. We get to go to Laguna Seca, Road America, Road Atlanta, Daytona. That's awesome. It's it's pretty fun. And what we find with Redline is that we're using the same stuff that we recommend in other cars. Right. You know, we've got D4AT up in the gearbox. We've got our 40-weight race in the engines. We've got our 7590. In fact, our new, we're coming out with another gear oil, a 75110. That's kind of an intermediate gear oil for track day markets and things. Okay. We did all the testing with our E36. Works great in the limited slip. Done deal. Nice. And what what is your product range like? Like, what do you guys sell? So, when you look at our motor oil range, like I said, we've got only top of the line Group 5 esters in everything from a 020 all the way down to a 10W60 for an M3. Okay. So, more variety. When you get into our gear oils, like I say, GL4 gear oils for manual transmissions like our MTL or MT85 yep. or MT90. Most companies would have one. We have three. Okay. And the same thing goes in the GL5 gear oils for the differential. For your crowd, I mean... One thing to remember is that you can make your differential work better than it does now by selecting the right gear oils, playing with it, playing with the amount of friction modifier in it. If you want an aggressive lockup, go get 7590 NS from Redline, get a little bit of friction modifier, and customize it until the dip works exactly how you want. That that's something a lot of other you know oil companies they're just not involved in that. Right. We're hardcore. This is. What I'm, I'm going to need to talk to you when my wagon's finished because. Uh, it, most likely, I'm going to blow up my my rear end, so I'm going to need to know what is going to burn the least when I get it on me. <laughs> uh, no, because I, I'm I'm putting I'm going to be taking an engine that wasn't designed to go into something. And, and that's where you can run a 75-140 instead of a 75-90 and give the thing a little more protection. Yeah. We've got a tech line. We get calls like that all day long, and we want to help, guys. It doesn't matter if you're Peter Cunningham from Factory Honda right. or you're just a kid that has a Honda. You get the same kind of tech advice when we hear what's going on. So, like in your wagon, if it's you know when you've got a, a differential in a rear-drive car, that 75-110 would work perfect in it because it's just a little more than probably the 75-90 that it wanted stock. Now, if I make my way through here and I see a, a drum of 
Mobile One? Should I kick it over? They do a good job. <laughs> They're also one of the most profitable companies in the history of the planet. We're not going to yeah. throw a bunch of rocks at mobile. Okay. <laughs> but, but still, it wouldn't be you. It would be me doing it. Well, no, that's a PAO product. Like your, your typical mobile one, the PAO base stock's good. But when you deal with an Astro base stock, we're another level up from that. Yeah. Plus, when you buy mobile one, usually you're buying an API-rated oil that only has, limited by the API, 800 parts per million of zinc and phosphorus. So if you don't want to wear out the cams and the buckets... You're yeah. going to buy Redline to get 1,200 parts per million, or you're going to buy our race oil, as long as you don't have catalytic converters, to get 2,200 parts per million. So, trust me, we're not going to give the grief. There's a few other oil companies we may give some grief to, but Mobile's not one of them. They do a good job. <laughs> now, uh, what's, what's next for this industry? I mean, what's coming down the road, do you think? Well, you know what's coming down the road is that the enthusiasts have really taken over. Kind of like I bring up that racing isn't as influential on them. They have so much education. The forums are so well-developed. Yeah that I think you're going to find more and more that the companies on the floor of the SEMA show are going to realize that their customers know more about this than they do. It's a cool way to do it. Except in this case, when I'm asking about it. But hopefully I, but I we see know more exactly what you're saying. Yeah. But you know what I mean? That, yeah. that this is a business built of vertical niches. It's not. Yeah. There's no such thing as car guy anymore. Yeah. We do see that there's a lot of muscle car guys that like Porsches more than they ever did. There's some of sure. that where the interest is crossing over. There are a lot of people that are now into BMWs because they're so plentiful. Mm-hmm. But make no mistake, this is a niche-based influence. If somebody that's into BMWs is probably not into Miatas. You're not right. going to reach people across those platforms. Hey, I like both. <laughs> I like both. But, no, I know what you're saying. Like, like a guy who's a passionate E36 guy isn't going to be like, man, maybe I'll go switch it up and do MX-5 for the track or something. Yeah, you don't see that at all. Now, But what you do find, though, is E92 V8, that M3 V8, as those cars are coming down a little bit in cost, I am blown away with the amount of 10W6 that we sell for those cars. Guys that want to get away from the factory Castrol and get to a better product. But more than that, they're putting headers on these cars. They're doing aero kits on these cars. It's an expensive car. Yeah, it's a heck of a performer. It used to be that you waited for the payment book to be done. Right. And then your girlfriend or your wife let you modify it. Right. It's not that way anymore. Brand new cars are getting the, the right performance mods today. And I think GTR was probably the best example of that, where right off the showroom floor, those cars were getting taken apart. Yeah. Which is funny, because Nissan made such a big stink about this car is not meant to be modified, and then the second it comes out, boom. Good luck with that. Yeah, they yeah gave, right? Well, when they gave one to Steve Millen for a buck, they what did they expect to have? And that car raced, when it did Targa and all that, that was a Redline car. Oh, was it? So, yeah. So, our 040 was in that car. Excellent. And our 75140 in the diff. It's interesting. We don't do, even though we have a new dual-clutch fluid coming out, we do not do one for that gearbox. That gearbox has been breaking on its own, so we yeah. don't, I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah. But, I mean, well, thankfully, the newer ones... Have gotten better. Yeah, yeah, they have improved the the, right. the latest GTR, the box, and is some much of the, some of the things that some of the other guys are doing with that car. Not necessarily, obviously, not stock, but uh, one just did. 250 miles per hour in in, uh, in Russia, the drag times course. Well, sure, because obviously with the kind of mods that you can make and the kind of power you can make with turbo cars, doesn't mean the transmission was designed for it. Right. That's something we try to get across to everybody is that you might break your transmission. It might have Redline in it. That's not Redline's fault. It broke. Right. If you're making a 1,000 horsepower, <laughs> you might break your transmission. Yes. We're going to try to help you get there and make the smartest choices to keep it alive. 
and we can make a big impact in that. But some of the stuff you are not going to fix. <laughs> <laughs> we see it with water wetter. You know, we're the people who invented water wetter. Yeah. And people are like, oh, well, I used water wetter, and it cooled my car off, but it still overheats. And then you start to hear how much power they make, and they're like, I'm like, did you put a bigger radiator on this car? Well, no, why would I do that? <laughs> So we, we, we get a lot of those phone calls, too. We nice. talk a guy off the fence a little bit. Usually they get off the phone and they're pretty happy because That's they good. get a little more insight than they would have gotten right. before. So, yeah, yeah, it's fun. That's good. Do you well, do a lot of things for uh, power sports, motorcycles, ATVs? We do. We do. And and it's, the Harley market's huge. Yeah. But what's going on now is all those side-by-sides you see in the back of people's oh, trucks. Yeah. Yeah. And so we'll have a line for side-by-side now. But what's funny is that a lot, our MTL, our 75W90 gear oil, the stuff that we're used to putting in Miatas, that works in side-by-sides a lot of times. So we have to change the packaging up, though, because okay. usually motorcycle guys want to buy our product in its black bottle, where we sell a lot of that product to Cycle Gear. Have you ever seen a Cycle Gear store? Yeah. yeah. they got, a, what, 100 stores. It's the only really motorcycle deal of its type. So it enables uh, the customers that are looking for Redline, because we're a little bit under-distributed. We're harder to get, almost on purpose sometimes. Yeah. It's a special product. And people usually go get it there. Yeah. But it's it's pretty easy. They can 10W40 is what goes in any of those, like a CRF Honda okay. motocross bike, which right. is so popular. So they're able to stock for those guys. Okay. Very cool. Well, Cameron, you've taught us a bunch, not just about Redline, but about Chump Car as well. And I really appreciate it. Thank you for taking some time with us to sit here and uh, talk SEMA, talk oil, talk Chump Car. It's been a pleasure. Hey, I'm glad you guys came over. We appreciate being on. And... Uh, now we got to figure out what race we're going to get you into these cars. Yeah, yeah. Now we're talking. I think we got another E36 getting going together today, so it's, it's going to be based <laughs> okay. in SoCal where you are. So. Oh well, then we will definitely be in touch. Team Hooniverse all the way. Team Hoon- Hoon- Just don't crash like we did on Sunday. So oh, that would, I will that do would, my best yeah, to not okay. do that. I'll probably have to get four black flags like I did last time at Thunderhill Lemons. All right, well, that's, that's going to help you get confidence. Maybe inspired. I'll rent you a ride in someone else's yeah, car. You, <laughs> uh, you, heard it, you heard it there, folks. Uh, look for us to uh, hop in a race car, and uh, we'll, you'll be hearing more from us from SEMA and uh, from Redline. Talk to you later. See you guys.